Hi, I'm Shreya Bakliwal and this is Women Who Build podcast. How many of you know that sexual wellness is way beyond porn and that the sexual wellness industry is a 2 billion dollar market? Listen to Shakun Sethi as she talks about her experience of building a sex tech startup in India. When I first spoke to Shakun, she told me how 5000 users had signed up the day she launched her MVP and the maximum traffic actually came during covid when everyone was at their homes. Shakun Sethi is the founder and CEO of tickle.life, having over a decade of experience and specialization in community management, international communications, brand management and digital media. Inclusivity is paramount for her and that is evident in her work. She is the founder of organizations like Jammu and Kashmir Future Talks, Indian Students in the Netherlands and also supports in raising funds for various social causes and supports various NGOs. This is also her second startup after running a crisis communication company successfully for over 8 years called Dizuna Communications. Now without further delay, I have Shakun for you. Hi Shakun, thank you so much for joining us today. Why don't you actually directly jump on to where you found the idea of tickle dot life? I think we all are inquisitive, and we all need some answers. It's just that I took a step further, um, and it just started uh, while I was in Netherlands uh, studying, and just had taken a sabbatical in my head, still trying to figure out what's next. what do i want to do now that i'll go back or i might you know move move further in my life and there used to be a sex toy shop which was next next door i was so inquisitive to go inside it but i never just could and even this uh, you know this this feeling or the state that you want to do something but you're not able to do something or you cannot do something was was it was an eye opener so finally when i did <laughs> did manage to go inside the shop uh i was so scared because i thought that you know i'll be judged people are going to uh, she's going to ask me because i knew that there was a woman who was handling the shop and she's going to ask me what do you want or what are your preferences and since i've never ever even seen a sex toy except online i had no idea what kind of questions would be asked to me to me and, and that was scary So so when I did go uh and she just said hey how can I help you I just lied like you know how humans do hmm. and I just said that hey I'm here to look out for something for my uh, aunt who's in her 60s I think she might have guessed that I was lying but but she was considerate enough and then she just asked me what does she like but funnily enough her saying that what does she like instigated this entire uh, initiative so i started going to different sex toy shops because i just kept on thinking that if somebody asks you what you like and when you know that you do not know what you like how can you assume that you would be in a position to um, refer something to someone else so ended up going to 100 plus shops asking the same question just changing the relatives just changing the person that i was here to look out for because i was still not too confident to ask for myself 
and everywhere the question was saying what do they like what do they like what do they like so to answer what do they like is how tickle.life initiated could you elaborate more on what you're trying to solve through your platform and what exactly does it do uh, we are a discovery platform and by discovery platform what i mean is that since the topic that we are um, working on is pretty elaborate we're talking about sexual well-being we want to work on supporting people and i would not say helping people because we are also doing it for ourselves is for them to explore what they are there to explore for so while you're exploring you can't tell them that hey you know what you will only be explored uh, you know through written content or through videos or through podcasts or hey you can just explore by buying something how can you buy something if you do not know what it is so ultimately what we after gauging the environment after working for so long what we figured out was that the main thing that was needed was a market space but more than a market space it was the bridge between the entire industry which does not only comprises of people who are therapists or sexologists but even people who are product makers people who are evangelists people who are academicians people who have gone through a certain uh life transitioning um activity people who relate to a certain orientation or gender and to people who are ready to explore so it's more of a bridge so once you go onto the platform it starts with educating it starts with helping people discover things that they would need to understand but once they've graduated and if they are ready to take the next step which is to try them out then there is a, a a vertical for market space where they can buy services products they can participate in events workshop it's completely up to them how would they like to take the journey to the next level now tell us about your journey of your product from mvp to now how has the growth trajectory been very interesting um it's been a learning curve and 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 while you know i've been in startup industry for a while i always used to think that you know what makes a product guy what makes a company which has a product keep on going day in and day out and now that that we are building one we start realizing that hmm this is how it goes from a mvp which which was just created without thinking about ui ux it was just just you know just like um bringing in few codes together and creating something which might look like a whatsapp but for anonymous chat which completely became like a you know like a sexting app and the reason was because people did not know exactly what are they doing here a lot of people thought that oh they are just giving us an outlet to talk about sex which is also okay because people have questions to what we are right now and the entire journey has gone through all the issues that we figured and the roadblocks that we had so instead of saying that oh this is the roadblock we need to completely change we started incorporating them to make our product better so like when we initiated uh <coughs> we after the second mvp because the first mvp completely broke down since we did not expect 5000 people to come on the day one and they did and the product did not work out so we did make another mvp which was completely similar and what we realized was that um you know people need 
somebody who understands. People need, people are looking out for information. People are ready to give information, but most of the information maybe is not right. So how do you answer that? You answer that if you find somebody who understands what they're talking about. But while you're trying to find that person, which is an advisor, uh, maybe a psychologist, therapist, sexologist, you understand that they have a lot on the plate. And the reason why they have a lot on the plate, plate is because people are not comfortable to go to them because of which they're not able to make a lot of money. So when they don't make money, they have to take multiple jobs. So they're not able to do things that are really, really close to them. So if sexologist wants to just work with people who have sexual issues or sexual desires, they're not able to do that because they're not getting a lot of customers. So that became our second second and the major problem. Like, how do we resolve this? Because we want them. And if, because if we don't want them, we would not be able to satiate the issues which are coming from the user's point of view. So we just sat, thought, talked to a lot of people, a lot of talking, a lot of research goes into it. And, and we just realized that, huh, these guys have already done a lot of work. But what has happened is that there is no place to show all their work. So you might go to a platform which is showing you, you know, there are hundreds of therapists, but who are those therapists? You don't know. What, are, what have they been thinking? What is their opinion? Where are they coming from? You don't know. And that is why a lot of my friends who go to therapists, they quit going to therapists after a while. And the reason was the therapist does not, you know, we don't relate to the therapist. And that is because where are the therapists coming from? So the platform that you see right now, we have managed to get more than 350 collaborators. Like I said, all of them are not therapists. All of them are not sexologists. All of them are not product makers. All of them are not event makers. All of them are not evangelists or people who have gone through a certain life or they have a certain life story. It's all of them together and giving them support to be highlighted. So once they get highlighted, the users start knowing them. And once users start knowing them, they directly start giving them business. So that is what we have created. We've created um, an aggregator market space, but it's also an aggregator content, an aggregator industry resource. That's why we call ourselves Discovery Platform. Yeah. So it seems like you've done a deep dive into marketplaces. And, uh, you know, for someone who really wants to start a marketplace that serves folks in the entire world, how do they really figure out consumer feedback and incorporate that into products? So what you have to understand is that, you know, how or what user inputs you take. So for us, what really, really made sense was that if we have initiated something and people are showing interest, even if it is negative interest, and if people want to talk, that means we're doing something. So how are they acting out? So for, for the MVP, we realized that people were asking the same question again and again. We realized that people were responding with wrong information. Hmm. We realized that people were really desperate to talk about their sexual needs. We realized that people would ask for resources which they can read at night. So, you know, these things told us exactly what should be our next step. 
rather than just being there and just telling people hey you know what this is what it, what it's going to be we are just going to make a better color we are just going to add more groups you know we are just going to do this what exactly is the user asking and the user will ask while they're talking or while they're on the app like another thing that happened for us in january was we misconstrued that users know what they want and our traffic wasn't increasing so while we were on the platform and we were figuring out why it was happening what we realized was the time at what the users were coming so they were coming late night so one was okay that means we have missed out on a big chunk of time zone second is they were still clicking on content pieces or on categories which were very simple you know they were they were clicking on gay the word that they've heard they were clicking on romance but they were not clicking on the sexual well-being uh, orientations or genders which we had created assuming that they would want to because if suppose if if there's a pansexual that person might want to know about pansexual more but we completely missed out that most of the people would not even know what pansexual is and they don't even, you know they're scared of going for something which is completely new so when you get those understandings how do you take them up so initially for step 1 what we did was we completely dumbed down the categories and the moment we did that things changed the user base increased the user base completely spread across different categories because now people really want to know what is this what is this okay i am old i want to know something for my parents or or you know like i'm getting married but i'm still single so i want to know about single and when i'll get married i want to know something about being in a relationship or oh my god i'm getting a divorce so i want to know that but i'm also going to get single very soon so i want to know about single also so we completely changed the categories accordingly and we also made a lot of changes in how the platform looked and once the platform was changed keeping in mind that okay so if we want to target daytime as well what are people doing people are in their office people are uh you know in a metro i'm not talking about right now because we thought like covid would not hit so how do we make it even more appeasing and even more acceptable so once we made those changes things changed so even if you look at the name it's tickle.life tickle.life does not give any connotation that you know we are talking just about sex we are, we can be talking about anything so it's just about making people comfortable and once we've done that we've seen the things change so it's about being very close uh insight as to how users are working and users are working so i think that that makes a lot of sense for any startups you can't be hell bent on being close to something if it is not working you have to let go of so now in today's world when everything is ad driven specifically for sectors that require a lot of consumer awareness i really want to know what is your advertisement strategy and how do you plan to go about it in the future See for now, we still want to push push organic. We don't want to go for advertising, and the reason being um, very simple: that a lot of platforms do not accept ads which have any sexual connotation to it. Second, the ads are very expensive, 
So our logic is, if you want to spend money, why why not spend money in giving a better user experience than than spending it on in organic means? So so that has been what we have been looking out for now, and and we are following a very like you know referral model, spread the word model. So so that's what we want to stick on. So so it's very early for for us to discuss as to how do we want to take our advertising uh, initiative forward because. Because we're just like looking around, and and as a team, we still want to see how do we grow without them. Yeah. And since you mentioned team, uh, how is it that you went about structuring your team, and specifically the co-founder? How what were the some challenges that you had faced, um, and how did you try to navigate them? Um. So I've I've been a I've been a sole founder before. and and it worked fine for me but i did know that you know this this sector that we are going into is not going to be that easy because because i knew nothing about it like zero and you can't do everything on your own so being desperate for a co-founder and that's one of the biggest learning that i've learned is that when you're desperate things do not work so tried multiple people before who I was just trying to sell the idea and wanted it to be a part of it, and it doesn't doesn't work out. So you really have to believe in your sixth sense because your sixth sense and your subconsciously you know that this is not going to work out. But just because of desperation, you just say, "Okay, fine. You know what? Let's work together." But anyways, decided that okay, fine. I'm just going to do it on my own. Doesn't matter. Let's see how it goes, and just I found my co-founder. Um, I've known him for a while. We were not in touch uh, for I think like five to six years. Sent him an email. He responded after three days, and it was not even to look out for a co-founder, but I just needed some help with one of the facets. Um, and when when we start when when we start discussing, we both just realized that you know it fits because he was thinking about being into the well-being industry and he wanted to initiate his new startup. and this was a startup you know that had already gotten some traction so it was a win win situation for both of us so we started working we did an experiment for 2 to 3 months and we've been just working since we did not even had to have this discussion of hey should we work together now officially or not we just knew that we have to work together and we both have different capabilities different shortcomings so we just um we just are good for each other and we are just good for tickle dot life as a whole and about other it has been a difficult ride it's not easy to find people people are scared of working in uh, you know this this sector um because they are also a, a kind of like users and since we did understand that we ourselves are pretty novice so what we need is we need people who really really understand this so the first priority was given to finding our right advisors so we do have advisors like Russell Stamborg who is a a very known therapist and a sexologist in US he's worked in multiple organizations which are working for you know different facets of sexuality so he was a good help to understand about the environment then we have another advisor who uh, who was who's ex disney to give us input as to how do you make your platform which as it is is going to help everyone more approachable so once we got that thing in place 
the second step was okay fine what is the team that we're looking out for we're looking out for people who really really understand what we're talking about so we looked at the age group what is the age group that we are looking out for we are looking out for somebody you know people between 21 to 65 so thankfully our target audience or our, our team is also 21 to 65 second was hey why don't these you know why don't why doesn't the team is you know coming from different sexualities or different orientations because that will help us to answer a lot of questions so that is what happened and it was a lot of you know referrals and that is how we have been hiring um we tried hiring directly through cvs but it has not worked so it has more or less been referrals till now so we've had some gains we had some misses we still keep on looking out for people but the team is pretty cool um and they understand what we're talking about so it just makes it easier it just makes it easier for them even to teach us which they have been doing on a daily basis and when it gets difficult for startups to hire then how does one make sure that the talent is not compromised uh, by just not being desperate hmm. and you have to just focus you have to figure out what is important what is not like we did this we just hired someone we knew that you know they were not the right people but we were still using them because we thought that oh what will we do without them but then if you start focusing and if you're not all around then things work out so for us rather than being on 10 different platforms oh you should be on facebook why you're not doing these things on facebook why you're not doing these things on twitter why you're not doing these things on some other platform instead of doing that see where the people are coming from if it is traffic that you're looking out for or see where you're going to find the businesses if you're busy looking out for b2b and just focus on two or three things once you do that the amount of resources that you need will go down and then you can really really not comp- you know like you'll be in a better position to not compromise on what you're looking out for because even you are giving direct um mandates to people that you're hiring and then talking about your growth plans uh have you been talking to investors and you know how has the response mm-hmm. been in terms of i've started yeah talking to investors we've we've gotten very interesting response because for them also it's like a learning curve they're also started understanding what we're trying to do so the potential is huge and they have been pretty interesting uh we have been given few uh requirements from few of them which is completely understandable and completely un- you know like exciting for us and this was as it is needed whether we get investors or not so that's what we are working on and yeah we are looking out for investors so we keep on talking so it's an it's a full time initiative by me to in- understand what investors want to go to them to talk to them to figure it out focus you need to focus because what happens is when you know when you're thinking about too many things one is you might be able to do them but you start exhausting yourself as well and when you start exhausting yourself then how will you take care of the team and your product which is your baby so you just have to be focused see understand what is happening be ruthless or what can work in 6 months or what people are telling you when to say no which is the most difficult part like even right now people keep on telling us oh you know what why haven't you done anything new on facebook or why haven't you done anything new on instagram but is insta and facebook providing us with what we're looking out for if not we really have to ruthlessly say no hmm. instead of doing something which is not good 
might as well say folk you know like no that goes everywhere just not platform that goes in life as well that goes with when you're raising funds that goes everywhere if you're focused things works out and it actually gives you some time a buffer time to really really take care of yourself as well which is going to be very important because the amount of you know like as as a as a founder you're under a big pressure one is you're lonely second is everybody's going to blame you if things work out great it's team otherwise it's your fault your investors are going to blame you if things do not work out your users if they have some problem they are going to talk about you and and sometimes you know your brand becomes you and you become your brand so so there's no um, there's no middle way so it's it just it's just like you know you need to take care of yourself so focus on what you're doing focus on what really reaps benefits and then start focusing on yourself as well yeah i absolutely understand uh, the importance of focus and i think i've uh, observed this in myself actually uh, when i do too many things then i kind of uh, you know tend to not give my 100% on everything um and so i do believe that focus is something which is truly truly required but also given that focus is internal um i also believe that a large part of you um actually comes from your external uh, stuff right so for example your family your friends etc etc so from your example or your experience how have you conditioned your external factors if you think that you're going to not be a uh, very optimistically taking care of like my family that's small that's an mvp so 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 see what does the mvp give you have doubts that's great doubts are good because doubts actually tell you what what's going wrong and what's going right do not try to become something you that you do that you're not like i i used to you know like like people used to keep on telling me that oh you're a woman you have to be stronger you have to be more um, you know head strong you have to put your foot down more you have to be louder and i did think that yeah that's what i need to do but that's not who i am and if you are not that person so you're already trying to change yourself becoming something completely different so that's also takes a lot of from you as a as a human being so what i'm going to say is start very small if you want to condition and once you start small and there is some output that that is being seen people come around so even for tickle dot life i was i was so not comfortable of doing it so when when the mvp was started nobody knew that it is done by chuck that who is doing it it was just like done by someone but when we started seeing something happening and when we started deciding that we have to really do it full time then we went out and like then i went out and told my family and my friends and interestingly enough i knew that they were little skeptical but they were also okay because there were some data points to show them that this is what is happening this is what we've done this is what we've achieved so i think that's very small because something what happens is we want to go big and we just want to make a bang but there even you know like for a bank to be made there's some there's this some process that has followed so so start small and things will follow it's it's not there there's nothing like you know being a woman you can't do things being a man you can do everything the, the universe is not on your side there are people you will find who are on your side and if they are not people who are you're already doing something wonderful 
why would that stop you great thanks shakun um it was lovely having you on the podcast yeah. and shreya learned quite a lot thank you thank you so much for the questions and i'm really really looking forward to hearing this and seeing your journey and also the idea that you know you want to showcase women as not just women hmm. is amazing and this was really really what excited me thank you so much again mm-hmm.